I'm Nick Fraley, and you're listening to the Radio Face Podcast. My special guest this week is Thomas Knight. How are you doing, good sir? I am doing great. So, let's talk a little bit about your background, because before we get into the juicy stuff, let's let <laughs> people know who you are. Yeah. How'd you get your start in music? Like, what instruments do you play? That kind of thing. Ooh, uh... Well, uh, I started playing guitar when I was 16 years old, uh, and I guess at this point I play, you know, guitar and keyboard, and I sing, and, and I, uh, I program stuff. You do it all. Uh, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. All right, so what, what really drew you to music as a career path? As a, as a career path. Or a hopeful career path, Yeah, no, I that's say. Well, I, even when I was in the band, I found that question to be... Uh, a little funny just because like it doesn't feel like a career path at all mm. when you're when you're even actively doing it because you don't really make much money unless you know you're huge um but the the whole reason i i got into music in the first place i think is because my my dad is a musician he's a guitarist and uh plays a lot of blues would you say that's kind of like what inspired you to be a musician more or less yeah i mean just being exposed to it as a, as a kid um my little brother and i we would go to uh his band practices <laughs> and sit there for hours as they played the same music over and over and over again and um we would have to breathe in all the cigarette smoke that his singer would <laughs> puff out <laughs> so uh great I, for the vocal chords yeah, really good it was it was a really interesting experience because we got to see them like hashing things out and just, um, I got to go to bars when I was a kid and just be in that environment. And so I think that's probably a big reason why I don't like drinking. It's a just, good realistic learning experience, though, if you yeah. think about it. You know, you're out there with a band that's trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, I mean, just seeing it in moment. action. Yeah. yeah. You, it's um, a bit desensitizing. So you just think like, oh, yeah, that's a normal thing that people do. That's a normal thing that people do. Yeah. Exactly. So you were part of a relatively locally famous band called Bear Ghosts. How'd you join up with them? How'd you meet that group of people? Well, I was making music and playing in my own thing over in Texas. This is over in Fort Worth. And those guys um, were in a band called We Are They, and they were uh, touring. That uh, <laughs> feels like a, a gratuitous way of, of putting it because... Uh, they were just more or less planning shows along the way as they were mm -hmm. making their way east. Like the whole thing was, uh, it was a disaster. But they ended up in, in Fort Worth and played an open mic, uh, the same open mic that I played. And um, we really liked each other's music and we hung out. And uh, they, anytime they were in town, we would make sure to hang out and you know see each other play. And so mm -hmm. it was just, it was cool. Like uh, we became pretty good friends. And so years later, their band broke up and I was writing stuff by myself. And um, I don't know, Ryan and I started talking on Facebook about what we're currently working on and stuff. I think he was kind of putting out feelers to see like, hey, his band broke up. So let's try to bring in some talent locally or wherever. Yeah. Um, and I was just, you know, doing my own thing. So. Uh, we started talking and it seemed like uh, there was some pretty good crossover and pretty good timing for us. So I decided to fly out there and like jam with them, see what we come up with. And what we came up with was something that uh, I felt like, resonated deeply with myself and with them, like as a group. Like it just something about it really 
really rang true. Um, so I decided to move. I think I was about 22 or something, maybe 23. So um, still pretty young. <laughs> yeah, I, I was still, I mean, in my in my eyes, uh, I mean, I had like no experience at all. And I'd never lived on my own. And uh, it was just a huge choice to make. Huge leap of faith, basically. Yeah, huge leap of faith. And my parents were very supportive. And they, you know, helped me get out there. And that's, uh, that's how it all started. And you have written a lot of music for them. And they, like, you collaborated mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's about it's about fifty fifty. So Ryan 50 /50. and I were the the lead, I guess. Well, we were the, like co front men, and wrote half of the songs respectively, and then everything else was like collaborative in, in terms of like filling in those layers and and uh, 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 working out the structure and all the you know all the little parts that make it a full mm. song. Yeah, it's sort of a in my in my perspective. Uh, is a sort of a, like Beatles structure. Yeah. As in we had a Lennon and a McCartney. And then we had a Ringo and our and our Harrison. Yeah. 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 I'm trying not to squish this bottle too much. I'm really it's, sorry about that, but I'm, I'm it's parched. Fine. I, I understand you have no AC in your car. <laughs> it's a hell. Especially when you live in Arizona, you got no AC. Yeah, it's messed up. It's messed up. I don't know what happened. I don't want to like go into a tangent on that, but it's just I find it really interesting that um my AC does work but it's making this really hard clicking sound when I try to turn it on, then it doesn't blow air and I have to pull out the fuse. I just went into a tangent, I'm really sorry. No, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, 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 fine. it's been weighing on me, that's what it is. <laughs> it's, Get it all out in the open. Yeah. So before I ask you why you departed, I do want to read this statement that I got from a representative of Bear Ghost. I don't know who sent it, but when I did email them, like, do you have a response to these allegations, so to say, this is basically what they said. We've been advised not to respond to any allegations while litigation is pending, so the band will not be discussing these Out. accusations. With that being said, the use of images, logos, likeness, samples, or music, past, present, or future of the band are not permitted for use. Furthermore, we do not permit the name of the band or any of its members to be used in the title, description, promotions, correspondence, hashtags, category tags, or any other sort of visual, recorded, or spoken, implied manner and efforts to promote the podcast. Discussions or interviews in any way on any platform. Thanks for reaching out, but in the time being, we'll not be addressing this matter further. A very lawyer response, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, um, that was Matt. That had to be Matt. And he, he likes to use that sort of lawyer speak. Because it makes him feel official. It makes it feel nice and official. Yeah. So, you were part of this band for... Quite a few years, if I, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, about eight or nine years. Eight or nine. So, yeah, almost a decade. Almost, yeah. And I'm sure it wasn't easy to leave the band. I'm, I'm sure that was a very... It was not. It probably weighed heavy on the heart. Um, Heavy on the heart and the mind and, and just everything. Everything about it was excruciatingly difficult to even bring myself to that point to do it. And I really really didn't want to because for the last eight or nine years this band and, and and the successes or the trajectory of that success has been more or less embedded in my identity you know my, my yeah. sense of of being and the band was pretty much a part of your life this was part yeah, of you a huge part of me like i i, I felt like it was everything to me so yeah. the idea of 
giving up and that's a thing that I've never been good at is, is leaving something or giving up on somebody and um, so, so getting to that point it took a lot to get me there in the first place um, and then actually doing it was really really hard um, but I, I, I feel like I have very good reasons for why I left. And if you wish to you can elaborate on why you decided to leave now. Yeah um, well so in, um, I'm going to put this water bottle down, yeah, sorry. Um, in 2018, our, uh, our bassist, I found out that our bassist was dating a teenager. Um, and he, he was 30 years old at the time. And she was 18. So she, it wasn't even like a, he was 18, she was 17 situation. It was like totally... Right. I mean, even if he was gray area, even if he was in his mid twenties or yeah, early twenties, okay. early twenties, I could kind of get, but like, this was beyond the gray area. Yeah, yeah. Once you're thirty years old, you're a cut you're contact. A, don't don't do anything like that. Pretty much. Yeah, you're a man. There's yeah. there's no reason for a thirty year old man to date a teenager. Yeah, pretty under much. Any circumstances. I think everybody in the world can agree to that. Yeah, I feel like it. I would, there's, there's some, some, might be something wrong with you if you don't. Yeah. Um, but th- that started happening and, um, I was immediately shocked because, I mean, I never expected that to happen. This guy had been in, um, a serious relationship before this with somebody closer to his own age and, you know, they lived together and it seemed like they had a good relationship, but you know, I mean, serious relationships end all the time. So I, I feel like that one didn't end under like any weird circumstances, you know, from my perspective. It just seemed like that's what happens. Um, so it, it, for all I knew, things were good. And then, uh, yeah, he started dating a, um, a teenager. And, uh, and uh, it just it got really difficult to know what the right choice is to make in that, in that scenario. Because Cause on one hand, you've been probably playing with this guy for, you know, almost a decade. So you thought yeah. you knew him pretty well. Yeah. Then on the other hand, this is like the objectively wrong thing to do. Yeah. And um, Ryan is, uh, is his best friend. Mm-hmm. They've been best friends for over 15 years. So I was pretty mad at Ryan for that. Because uh, he he communicated to me that this had been going on for a while, that um, you know he he was worried about the way Andrew was interacting with her when she was as young as seventeen years old, and uh, <clears throat> and it's and it seemed like he wasn't willing to to make. He, he wasn't willing to draw clear boundaries with his own friend and say like, hey man. I can't get on board with this. I can't get on board with this relationship. Uh, he decided to overlook it because of essentially, I mean, quote unquote, friendship. And in my, from in my opinion, it feels like he really enabled the relationship. Um, but that's just, I, I don't, I don't really know. It, it seemed like he, he really, he was really concerned about them not breaking up and not wanting to. Uh, keep Andrew out of the band or, or put him on hiatus or anything like any possible solution you could possibly conceive uh, he did not want to do it he just wanted to do nothing and he more wanted to sweep it under the rug pretty much in, in my opinion yeah 
Um, and I, I had talked to Matt about this as well. He's our, or was, I guess he is still their manager. Um, and, uh, initially he, he just, he, he didn't really know how to react. Um, he didn't know what to do. And he, he told me, Hey, just, just, uh, we'll keep it on the down low for now and just let me know if anything develops. Um, and of course, over time, things began to develop and the plan didn't change. They just wanted to continue keeping it quiet and not say anything. And, um, eventually I, I felt like I, I just, I don't, I can't go along with it because I don't know what's going to happen, you know, years from now. Like if she's going to come forward and say like, like, I don't know if like, if they're going to break up and it's going to be messy and she's going to say a bunch of stuff about him or you want like, you basically you wanted the band to address it now that way there's no controversies 10 20 years down the line right or even five years or three years down yeah. the line like there's no telling what could happen and there are so many variables that we can't control and it just seems like from a business standpoint a really bad idea to allow one of your band members to date a teenager you know um and they, uh, it, I, I couldn't get them to do anything. Uh, they, they kept saying that, uh, that we don't have the right to tell them what to do, to tell them how to live. And like, I understand that perspective, but when somebody is engaging in behavior like that, there are extenuating, extenuating circumstances. Yeah. You know? Like if he was doing drugs or, you know, committing crimes and I don't know, getting into fights, like you would lay down the hammer so to speak yeah you would try to rein that in or create some sort of boundaries and i felt like because there is that difference between like my mind your own business and we need to set clear what's okay what's not okay yeah boundaries yeah with with uh, an extenuating circumstance i think it warrants uh intervention of some kind and so i actually wanted to get the whole band together and also talk to his family and just try to get an understanding of like where this is coming from like how this relationship developed and and also like how do we communicate to him collectively that this is not okay mm -hmm. um but uh everybody fought me on it and i couldn't ever really get in contact with his parents either so that made that extra difficult but yeah i, I don't know if you want to know like specific details i feel like i'm just sort of um loosely if you want to elaborate on the details you can it's a, <laughs> it's all up to you what you want to say uh, this is an open platform mm -hmm. for you i mean did, did you have any specific questions so i was just more wondering like in regards to their relationship do you know when him and the girl how old they were when they first got into contact with each other as i've heard that he met her when she was 11 i've also heard that he met her when she was 13 and um, they say that um, they weren't close at all and barely even talked to each other until she was like 17 or so. Um, but his ex-girlfriend commented that uh, when this girl was 13 years old, um, they were interacting with each other in a very familiar way and that it, it made her uncomfortable because she felt like this, you know, this girl like had a little crush on him and he wasn't mitigating those feelings uh, or creating boundaries um, as, as strongly as he should have. And uh, 
she also mentioned that they would refer to each other as brother and sister, so that, that implies to me that they were close. Um, you don't just start calling someone, hey, brother, unless like, yeah, you're, you, you, you don't, have that familiar, like the familiar. Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're treating each other like family, that, that implies a certain level of closeness. Um, and she even um, stated, his, his girlfriend now even stated on, on Facebook at one point that uh, she considered his mom to be like her mom and his dad to be her dad and that they were close. But they, they, they really want to push this idea that they weren't close at all until she was around 17 years old. And just, I, I don't know if I fully believe it. It's, it's hard for me to know precisely what is going on because it feels secretive. And when you really think about that dynamic and, and what would be at risk, uh, it would make a lot of sense for, for people to be dishonest about what's really going on. So it's, it's hard to know. Um, but I, I talked to as many people as I could um, in, in that moment. <laughs> and uh, the, the information that I got from him and from Ryan and from his ex-girlfriend and their roommate, it, it just, all of it together, it, it seemed really bad and it seemed like there's a lot more going on here and uh sorry i feel like i'm kind of losing my train of thought on this <clears throat> no, it's, okay. it's a little it's a little it's a bit Th much. this is a very emotional thing because yeah. you never want to expect your friend who you've known for a decade to do something bad like this yeah the thing is about about this is that it's about him dating her is it's not illegal and I, I I don't know of any incidences in which he committed a crime um, and I've, I've never made any sort of allegation or mm -hmm. accusation to imply such um, it, I have raised concerns because they were spending time together they and they were really close while she was underage um, and so I don't know. When when you look at cases like that, it's that's a, that's a very legitimate concern to yeah. have. To think that maybe they were being inappropriate at some point. I don't really know, but I think disregarding that concern just because it's you should mind your own un, business. Yeah, or much. that it's like an uncomfortable thing to think about. I think that's I think that's irresponsible because um, you, you really you really don't know. And I think to give him a pass as well, to say, like, there's nothing... I mean, it's insane to me to think that anybody would think that there's nothing wrong with, with, a, with a man dating someone that young who just graduated high school, has no experience with a serious relationship, and has gone through the types of experiences that she has. Um, again, I don't know how detailed I want to get, but I, I feel like just that fact alone that he's dating her that's enough for me and the fact that Bergos doesn't want people to know about it and they don't want people to talk about it is also enough for me they just it seemed like too well, another pushing point was they would rather sweep it under the rug act like nothing's happening than be like yeah okay here's what you need to do as our bass player you need to stop doing this and well just like take a stand like morally yeah. and say this is what we believe in and you know, you're. We don't believe in what you're doing. Is basically what I mm -hmm. would would have really loved for them to say. 
Um, but I, I find it really interesting that they told you that there's some sort of pending litigation and that's why they can't talk about this because they've never once reached out to me about what I've publicized or about like what I've done. So um, the idea that there is any sort of litigation seems uh, uh, intentionally misleading to me. Yeah. To sort of, as, as a cop-out, like, oh, we can't talk about this because of this bogus reason. Um, and then to also tell you that you can't mention them by name or to mention the band in any sort of promotion or discussion about this topic uh, is, in my opinion, really ludicrous and weirdly controlling because um, we're not talking about crimes here. We're, we're just talking about why I left. Yeah. And uh, if, if the reasons are damaging to them... Um, then I guess they need to verify whether or not I'm telling the truth, but I, I but they, they, but they didn't even to, want to verify even when you were part of the band. No, like. they, they, didn't, they didn't really want to look into it at all. Um, and Ryan already knew everything. I mean, as I said, he's his, Andrew's best friend. They live together. He knows everything. And so for him to like actively fight me on all of this and to paint me as this selfish monster who's, just petty is really nuts but um sorry <clears throat> it kind of seems like they're trying to paint you as a person oh he's egotistical he wants the spotlight to himself when that doesn't seem to be the case at all it seems like you're trying to take the moral high ground and they're trying to paint it as you're taking the egotistical high ground if that makes sense at all like i, I can see that um and I, I find it interesting that that's the angle that, that they uh, want to work because it, it implies that I'm gaining something from that, and I haven't gained anything. I've you only had really I've, think about it. Well, everything I've, that you built for for the last eight years with this band, you had to walk away from it. Yeah, I I, I lost all of that. I, I I mean I gave up everything, and and I lost all of my friends who are close to them. Like yeah. none of those people talk to me or want to talk to me and based on the things that um that they have said about me um the, those people who once i i like once considered them my friends they they don't trust me at all um and it really uh it was really hard to to come to terms with that um i i understand like why these things happen but it's still and i and i also understood that it was a risk involved because um, when you walk away from from something like that, you you really are risking everything. But uh, from from my perspective, it didn't feel worth it to continue with them if I needed to uh, give up my uh, my morality um, just to make songs. You know. Yeah. What's the point? I, I know this isn't an easy topic to discuss, but I'm sure you're not alone. I'm sure there's tons of cases of bands where relationships like that have caused issues. So I just want to ask you, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to other bands that might be going through something similar? Well, that's kind of hard to, to, well, I guess I can just generalize it. If you, if you feel like your success is contingent on 
sort of dismissing or dis, dis, like disregarding mental health or the, the, the mental well-being of your own bandmates or the people who work with you, then um, it's, it's not worth it. Um, the, the whole point is to, to be outside of a system that's like that. I mean, we, all of us musicians, we, we, we make music because we don't want to be part of the, the big, I guess, capitalist machine, so to speak, of like yeah. clocking in and doing some crappy job that you don't care about. Like, the we want to do something. not traditional nine to five. Yeah, we, we cho intentionally choose the non-traditional route because it's more fulfilling and we have more personal control over how we express ourselves. But if you're having to sort of shelve your ideals and your sense of morality and ethics just so that you can continue playing shows, then you're just in that situation again that you were trying to avoid from the very beginning. And I think, uh, I think it really will begin to diminish the value of your work and your sense of fulfillment if you have to like let somebody you care about fall apart in the process. So um, I guess my advice is to just take care of it. Do what you need to do to help that person and uh, make this smart choice. I don't, I don't know. So I just want to thank you for coming mm -hmm. on to the podcast to give you your side of the story of why you left. Yeah, and thank I you. Just, I just want to say, too, if you have anything you want to shout out right now, um, now is your opportunity. Um, I sh I probably should have come prepared with, uh, with <laughs> some things, but no, I I really don't have anything. No Twitter, uh, Facebook, anything like that. You wanna? No, <laughs> not really. So because of the nature of today's interview, I decided I, I I just wouldn't feel good if I was to make revenue off of this. So I've decided to donate all revenue made off of this podcast to various charities and there will be links in the description of each area I upload this to charities that you can donate to because I it's it's a sensitive nature that we're talking about and so I just don't want to I don't want to make money off of this if that's if you get my meaning mm -hmm. I want to be very fair very unbiased but also I don't want to try to glorify this for money and again i just want to say thank you very much for being on the podcast and special message to anyone at bear ghost if if they would like to come on the podcast all you got to do is reach out and yeah thank you guys for listening to the radio phase podcast and make sure you guys go check out thomas knight wherever he uploads music next